Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Let's Make Some Shit podcast. As always, I am your host, Ray, and I am joined with my lovely co-host, Resonance. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited about this episode. I've been wanting to do it for a while, so. Yes, this is one that has uh, kept getting pushed back due to one reason or another, but I think it's actually a pretty timely episode now, considering People will start to be planning their gardens. And uh, so, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about gorilla gardening today with our super awesome returning guest, Sec. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Oh, of course. You're always welcome. (laughs) So before we get to that, uh, what you been up to since we spoke last? So... I canned a whole bunch of tomatoes this last week, and it was the easiest that I have ever, time that I've ever had canning tomatoes. So I'm excited to tell you about that too, because in the past I've picked them um, generally when they're ripe. Sometimes I pick them earlier and let them ripen on the windowsill or whatever, and then go straight to canning, which involves scoring and then blanching and all of that. And I didn't have to do any of that because I froze them. Ah. So I let them thaw and then the skins just came right off. So I let them thaw and then used a potato masher and went in and just smashed them up and put them through my um, little sifter thing. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Like that was all the work I had to do to get the sauce out. It was so much easier that way. That's awesome. You said that because I've been looking up some ketchup recipes um, and the one I was looking at specifically as the instructions to can it as well. And it mentioned that method about freezing them yeah. um, to save it's that so extra step. Easier. It is so much easier. Like it. So I would spend a whole day in the summer trying to can maybe, you know, four or five jars of tomato sauce. And it took me like, a couple of hours as opposed to like the entirety of a day trying to peel all of the tomatoes. So it was so yeah. much of a time saver just to freeze them. And then, then I can pick a day too. So I don't have to do it right when they're ripe. I can wait until I have time as opposed yeah. to you know feeling rushed. So it was, it was nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And um, I finished uh, some more body butters. So that was good. I like, so when I use fat that I clean as opposed to store-bought fat, it's a lot more, silky and smooth and soft so I like Mm -hmm. doing that and I've used store-bought tallow before it's just not the same so gonna have to keep finding uh fat sources locally from people that use them and are willing to give me their leftovers (laughs) yeah um I think I mentioned maybe one of our last episodes but we've been definitely we're not following like carnivore diet but we've been definitely you know eating more um you know, animal proteins and animal fats and everything. And we've been making a much more concerted effort to save the fat. And so I actually will be um, trying my hand at cleaning some soon too. And we've been kind of like looking around and trying to source a good, uh, good source for some tallow. Um, And there's always a meat market. I just haven't made it there yet. Um, yeah, but I'm excited to start working with it too, because your tallow body butter and your chapstick is definitely way better than, um, than the recipe that I used and, uh, other chapsticks that I've tried. So I think that's I the way that. to go. I love that yeah. chapstick so much. <laughs> Same. <laughs> like other chapsticks you have to put on seven or eight times and you just put that one on once and you're probably good for most of the day unless you're, mm-hmm. you know, working outside or something. So, or unless you eat the chapstick. Yeah, don't eat the chip. <laughs> I sent one to one of our Facebook friends and I like let I sent a little note because um she has a dog and I'm like, don't put it around your dog because it's an animal fat and he's gonna want to eat it and then uh-huh. you might have to call the vet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've been uh busting out a bunch of deodorant different smells. Um I think I mentioned it too that Raborka shared about it. So I've made a lot of sales and um, was kind of taking some like custom smells orders. So um, that's been cool. I uh, I just, I don't know, it makes me happy that people are making the switch, you know, to more natural products and whether they get it from me or the store or make it themselves, you know, it's yeah. it's just awesome that more and more people are looking for alternatives like this. Yeah, and you should share our uh, deodorant episode 
And then tell people they can buy the arrowroot powder from you. Yeah, well, uh, I need to scale up my arrowroot powder production. Oh, okay. I, you know, like from what I've had so far, you know, it hasn't hadn't really been making any sales. I've just been working on the recipe and giving them out to people, you know. And um, so I just I just made all that arrowroot starch, and I made like six or seven deodorant batches and i used it all up already so oh no (laughs) but this store-bought stuff is totally just fine it's um like i said it's a lot finer which you know does kind of make it nice you know but kind of does take away that homemade kind of feel but um but yeah i've been working on that video and i've been having some problems with that getting all the videos uploaded but that doesn't matter for this um, but also, so since we talked last, I made my own mayo, and it came out really amazing, and it was way easier than I imagined it would be, you know, and the, the recipe that I found um, was saying that some people put mustard in their mayos and some don't, but I guess the mustard X is a natural emulsifier, so if people are having problems with their mayonnaise breaking, um, might want to consider just adding a little bit of mustard to it, and I like the way it tastes. I don't think you can really taste the mustard in it too much, um, and it put a little bit of lemon juice in it, which is kind of different from some of the other recipes, but I know we've been talking, we'll probably do a, a condiments episode for you guys soon, too, because all of these so far have been way easier you know, to make than imagined and to be able to control, you know, what you put into it, you know, cause I use, well, I use the safflower oil for the mayo, but you know, a lot of them are made with soybean oil. And I don't know, I guess I've heard a lot of people that don't like mayonnaise that once they try actual real homemade mayonnaise, you know, they're like, Oh my gosh, this is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can, um, like making your own ketchup. We've done that a lot and you can like put zero sugar in it and it's still good your <laughs> ketchup you go to the store and you have like so much sugar in a bottle uh-huh. of ketchup. your sugar your, uh, your sugar your ketchup was really good and um that was kind of like inspired me to even think about making you know condiments in the first place yeah I just want to limit the amount of sugar that my family consumes and it's that's one of the easiest places to start is to make your own condiments I guess like uh-huh. well even like, just using like regular sugar as opposed to like high fructose corn syrup yeah. you know it makes a big difference yep so um other than that uh I did a, a seed trade with a Facebook friend and he sent me some spicy poppy seeds <laughs> and I checked on this morning there's a couple coming up but um I, mean, I know you know but I guess they're really picky and kind of difficult to grow so it's kind of just like a little project see how it works <laughs> yeah they're not as easy as I expected because I would put out like rows and rows and then like you know two or three would come up and I'm like what am I doing yeah but they definitely do better if you cold stratify them that's what the the two that I got to germinate last year were from that. But a lot of, like, I had a whole bunch germinate in my little paper towels that I had put in the refrigerator. And only two of them survived after that, too. So it's not just necessarily germinating. There's a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, that's kind of what this guy was saying. And he was making it sound like they don't like to be moved, like, at all. You know, so I wonder if sprouting them in the paper towel, you know, oh. is kind of... I let my seeds go or I let my flowers go to seed and they are cold stratifying outside in the winter right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, maybe we can do an episode on that because having that, you know, that powerful of a painkiller on hand, if shit ever were to hit the fan, you know, is be a really, really good skill, you know, and if they are difficult to hone them now, you know, and, and save those seeds, you know, yeah. um, just a good skill to learn. Yeah. Speaking of seeds. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> our, our fantastic guest today is here to talk with us about seeds and spreading seeds everywhere and um, just like trying to get gardening into your communities, get flowers, get pollinators, get food back into places where they should be, but they're not now. Um, and it just improves the land anytime, you know, planting something and, you know, keeping the area, you know, monitored and and stuff. You know, it's just good for the environment. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have today my honey bunny. <laughs> we have Zach from 
the Agora podcast here, and he's going to talk with us about his gorilla gardening initiative. Hello. Welcome, Zach. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, Dag was, we're going to try and get Dag, my, my hubby, to join us to, with, um, to talk about Acres Acres, but couldn't make it. So, Zach is here, and if we need to do a subsequent episode, you know, regarding that end of it, you know, we will definitely do that. But you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about your, your gorilla gardening that you're starting up? So, yeah, sure. Gorilla gardening mm-hmm. is planting seeds or what have you, plants, where you're not allowed to. So this means things like public property corporate property, abandoned lots, private property, whatever, wherever you do not have permission to plant. So this is something I've been um, into for quite some time. Um, The reason I like it is for some of the reasons that you guys just mentioned in the sense that uh, it helps improve the ecology of the area. It helps sort of rewild. and, and create uh, abundance again in your e- local ecological system. It delegitimizes the concept of um, state property in, in some sense, and it also produces uh, abundance in the area in your area for people who might need it or be hungry or even a stash spot that you can go back to that you know where there's some either edible plants or some nice flowers or vegetables, anything of that sort, anything that's useful. Um, so this past fall, I, I started trying to get more people interested in the idea and volunteer and help people get started um, in doing this in uh, their own area. <clears throat> and the idea is if we can create enough food growing just sort of wild and it will improve the ecosystem and create the abundance that I I mentioned. And I've had uh, some success with getting people to volunteer. I don't know, a dozen or so people have started doing it because of that. Um, So I'm pretty stoked about it. That's awesome. So how long have you, is it something that you just started um, or has this been something that you yourself have been doing for a long time and uh, just now starting to get other people involved? Um, It's something I've been doing for a long time. It depends on when you want to start counting, I guess. I mean, I was growing cannabis outside illegally without permission for (laughs) many, many years as a young lad. Right. (laughs) Um, So if you count that, then I've been doing it since I was a kid, but um no, I've been doing it uh, off and on for years. It's just now that I think it's become more necessary going forward to get more people involved in it. Um, so kind of the time is right. Um, when I was living in California, I was going to a lot of punk shows and stuff. And uh, I, I started hanging out with these street punks and uh, they lived sort of on the the street, sort of nomadic, I guess. And so we started doing some um, homeless outreach in the area with them. And then uh, one of them was involved with Food Not Bombs. And so we started planting uh, like full-on gardens in near these uh, like homeless encampments. So in like Southern California, there's like a bunch of canal systems and they're dry like 90% of the year. They get like a, one month of monsoons and that's it. So the homeless people like camped in these canals, like under the uh, the over uh, overpasses in these canals and stuff. So there's like tent cities. So we would go like on the like sort of grassy area alongside of this overpass, and we just put in full on fucking gardens and water collection systems and stuff and whatever else and um we just started hand, uh, the uh, some of the homeless folks would start helping us and stuff and they would just we'd uh hand the, the food out and sometimes we'd go there and make soup out of it and um it seemed like to me like a simple way of like solving several issues with one o- action in a sense like we were 
helping out people that needed it, but also just getting food growing in the area. Now, um, I wouldn't suggest, I would no longer suggest doing it like that. Um, I'll give you a reason why. So like what we were doing was super illegal and we had cops roll up on us one time and they sat there and they watched us for a while. And we were in uh, like sort of outside of Los Angeles at the time. And so the cops rolled up and they just sat there and kind of watched us. And I, you know, me and I said to my buddy, like, well, here we go. You know, they're definitely going to jail or whatever. And they just looked at us and drove off. And, you know, in Southern California, they got better shit to worry about than some fucking idiots doing whatever, planting food on the side of the road, you know? So they drove by like four dead hookers to get to us, you know? (sighs) Um, so that, yeah, it's one thing I was going to ask was if you'd ever been actually, um, you know, stopped by anybody is that no. the closest you came to it. That was the closest. But that made me think about what I was doing in the sense of I wouldn't plant like huge garden plots because that is super noticeable and obvious to probably the wrong people. So if you're doing it because you want to get arrested, like there's a a friend of our show, Keith McHenry from the founder of food, not bombs. And he'll just get fucking arrested all the time for feeding the homeless. He's awesome. Yeah. You know, he's fucking awesome and he doesn't care. And he's like, yeah, I've been arrested like 500 times, whatever. Wow. So if you're, if like you're trying to prove a point, mm-hmm. then then do it that way. Cause eventually it's going to get noticed and you might get arrested, arrested or hassled or fine. And if you want that as like a, what do you call that civil disobedience sort of Mm -hmm. um, making a statement then fine do it that way but if you're trying to be a bit more covert so that the cops and such uh don't notice it quite as easy but maybe the people that you want to have access to it can still recognize it or or notice it i would do almost more of like what we do now around here which is it's not really a food forest method, but it kind of is where you kind of just plant along wood lines and off the path and you're very sporadic in your planting so that it's not one huge like garden plot, if that makes sense. So, yeah, that does. And yeah, we just went camping a couple of weeks ago and um, we're kind of just starting to get back into it. We'd forgotten like a lot of things, you know, and uh, seeds was something that I wanted to bring with. Um, but it was good. We, it will probably go back to that place. There are a lot of hiking trails and everything. And we actually got kind of like lost. So, um, now that we know where the trail is, you know, but yeah, if you can like go a place that you go regularly and, you know, just follow that trail, I feel like that would be the way to go, you know, um, cause that was one thing that I was kind of when you guys were starting to do it, it was like, okay, well, how do you remember then where you planted everything? But I noticed that you guys also were kind of finding like garbage or stuff that you found in the woods to plant in. Like I remember seeing a picture, like you found that toilet, you know, the mm-hmm. toilet bowl and like the planted something in that. Uh huh. So, yeah. I mean, I guess it, I mean, I imagine it's probably pretty important to monitor where you're planting things and what you're planting. Um, like how how often do you go back to check on those seeds that you've planted? I mean, ideally, you want to have it require like little to no maintenance. You don't want to have right. to go back if you don't want to. Um, it depends on why you're planting. So if you're planting to sort of add to the ecosystem or planting so that people sort of less fortunate than you can find it. Um, Like often we plant where we know that like houseless folks camp out Mm -hmm. so that there's food and flowers and shit growing there. Or if you're planting for like the ecosystem and you're just adding in like, um, you know, vegetables or or pollinating flowers or, or flowers for pollinators, you know, you don't have to go back for any of it, especially if you pick stuff that, um, is somewhat will do well in the area, uh, you know, sort of preferably native or stuff that uh, doesn't really require much water 
or oftentimes if you um, pick an area like that's semi wooded, um, you know the, the 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 stuff on the ground, the leaves and the sticks and whatever will hold in moisture anyway, and it doesn't get like baked in the sun anyway. So it doesn't really need to you to like go back and <clears throat> water or pull weeds or whatever. Um, yeah, often it's places that we go and hike anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we are there hiking again, it'll be like, oh yeah, we planted those things over there and, you know, maybe we've got some tomatoes as a snack or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it kind of just depends on what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah, I guess, you know, I could definitely see the less you have to go back, you know, to take care of them, the better, you know, but, um, I know here in Florida, like we often get like long periods of drought and stuff, you know, and, um, I guess, I don't know what there probably isn't really a super easy way unless there's water nearby where you're planting to go out and water and who wants to go out and water, you know, all these seeds on a trail. So would you say like, thinking about a water source nearby or planting in like the rainy season or is is that just kind of overcomplicating it and you just kind of do it and hope stuff grows? I mean, I kind of do a seeds are relatively cheap. So we just kind of do it an attrition method, you know, just plant Mm -hmm. as many as we possibly can. Often it's near water or sort of, wet areas um and i guess maybe if you're in a a, um in a a climate that um you do have a long drought season it may do you some good to kind of think of that and maybe found find more drought tolerant plants or like you said plant near a body of water Mm -hmm. um we don't really get a severe dry season here Oh, yeah. It seems like at all, you know. Um, So as long as you're not, you know, we might have a month or six weeks where there's no rain and it's dry and hot, you know. But if, like I said, we're planting a lot often in sort of wooded areas where it's uh, the plants we're planting are like understory, you know. So Mm. there's already a a canopy. So they're not getting like baked in the sun. And there's a significant ground cover. So that kind of helps keep uh, whatever moisture exists in the ground. So they'll do fine, especially if you go with some more hardier plants, you know, um, you know, tomatoes and peppers and stuff do pretty well in the heat anyway. Those are great uh, too, because you probably get a lot of volunteer plants, yes. you know, from tomatoes that didn't get picked, you know, or from birds, yeah, yeah birds eating them and pooping them around. So, um, yeah, yeah that's a, like kind that of a great. Yeah, that's an added side benefit, and that's kind of what we're going for, you know. So, like, if we mm-hmm. can get enough stuff sort of established, exactly, nature, then nature's nature's going to do the rest, you know. Like the birds and the squirrels and whatever will spread them all over the place. We'll have tomatoes uh-huh. and whatever else growing wild everywhere. Yeah, for sure. So, so you know, subsequent years would probably, you know, continue to get easier, assuming some of the plants get established there, you know. And I like what you were saying before, too, about how the um, houseless were joining in and kind of helping, you know, when they have something like, you know, you're helping them out by providing them. If nothing else, just maybe they never even thought about planting their own garden. You know, it's kind of like helping them get set up and they have an incentive to come back and check on them, you know, and monitor them. So it's kind of, yeah, if you get them kind of involved and let them know what's going on. Uh-oh. Oh, you froze. We lost you. I did? Okay, you're back. Oh, okay. That was weird. Okay. <laughs> did you miss what I said? You said if you're getting them kind of involved and then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, even just that besides like helping and feeding them, 
I feel like that would just be a positive influence on people too that maybe are just like, I don't know what to do with my time, you know, or can't find a job. And just kind of teaching them basic skills could maybe motivate them to, you know, learn some other ones. Right. Well, I mean, it's a huge motivator for people who feel like they're on the outskirts of society already. And then you're like helping them build community too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that. And around here, there's like several spots where people will go and camp when they don't have options. So that's where we kind of focus. So like when people are considering guerrilla gardening, like think about those kinds of things. Or if you can talk to the people in your community that maybe don't have access to housing and figure out where they're going to be most likely and what you can do in that area. I know when we went um, downtown in the closest city, um, he takes, we, well, you always have seeds. I have seeds in the diaper bag. He has seed, He had seeds in his coat pocket when my sister got married. So like we always have seeds. So he was putting seeds in like the little planters outside of businesses and like in the gardens they have in mm -hmm. front or whatever. Um, so like That's what I need to do is throw a bunch of seeds in my purse. <laughs> yeah, and then just toss them <laughs> out wherever. But I think like one thing that a lot of people are going to want to know is like what kind of seeds should yeah. they plant for the like most benefit? Yeah, I agree. So I would say things that are perennial or self-propagate easy would probably be best. Uh, again, it depends on what you're trying to achieve. So are you trying to add like flowers to help the bees or are you trying to produce more food right um so there's certain things like um we've been planting a lot of our excess iris um which is a, a bulb a flowering bulb that's perennial um do those have any medicinal or nutritional value or is that just to make um make the area prettier so mm -hmm. uh, i'm not sure about the medicinal qualities of iris but it is one mm -hmm. of the flowers that comes up super early in the spring when mm -hmm. bees and other pollinators don't have much else okay yeah great so yeah so you, like um that is mainly for yeah it's pretty and stuff right but it's mm -hmm. also helping the the bees and the, the overall ecosystem i wonder if you could also kind of use them as markers to like mark your trail you know <laughs> that's a cool idea yeah, yeah, like make an, an arrow out of iris and, uh -huh. like, and then there's a small like get, little garden. Oh, yeah, get like different kinds of um, bulbs or flowers and be like, oh, here's our, uh, you know, um, evening primrose or something, your spider lily. I don't know. So that means that these are brassicas growing here. <laughs> yeah, know. you could get you could get pretty creative <laughs> with it. Um but we do a lot of bulbs, and mainly that's because we have an abundance of iris bulbs and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But um, we do a lot of seeds as well, and we're not too picky about that because your hubby donated a giant box to the cause. Shout out to mm -hmm. Dag. So we've been throwing just throwing a lot of that out or handing them out to people who will. And um, But if I had to, like, choose... If I if I didn't have like a access to a plethora of seeds, you know, mm -hmm. I would say something with a like I said that's perennial, comes back every year, or something that self propagates easy and also has like a high protein co content, right? So mm -hmm. green but green beans is probably your easiest and best choice, really, because they grow very easily in most places. Uh, they're a decent source of protein. And they also self-propagate easy, you know, so if any of those bean pods touches the ground, they'll probably grow more plants. Okay, let uh, me ask you here then, because, um, or if you want to touch on it later, but how would you mitigate, if you, okay, say, say you were growing them for food, you know, to be harvested for somebody to eat, um, how would you keep animals like rabbits or whatever from eating all the beans or that's, that's the neat part you don't yeah <laughs> um no but that's part of the part of the deal right is like yeah 
you just plant enough to where like if the rabbits eat some, it's fine. But also the rabbit's going to poop out those seeds. Yeah. Maybe and spread them around for you. So, you know, mm -hmm. the chipmunks are going to get them. The birds are going to get them. Um, the squirrels get them. And that's fine. Um, I'm not going counting. For quantity. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you're going for quantity for sure. And whatever gets eaten is likely going to get propagated elsewhere, right? So that's kind of mm -hmm. what you're going for. You know, you want the critters to spread them around. And if that means they're eating some of your good stuff, it's kind of like paying paying them a service fee if you right. want to think of it that way. So mm -hmm. um, that's kind of what you want. You want it to just get spread around by animals and such so that it's just growing everywhere wild. And then you don't have to do this anymore at all. It's just... If they're just and, growing and propagating themselves. And even more reason than I guess to just, like I said, you know, just get as many out as possible. Cause I could see it be easily easy to get kind of disheartened. If you're like, Oh, I just planted all these seeds and you know, they all got eaten and uh, um, you know, like at first or whatever, but um yeah, I wouldn't put too much work into any one spot if you're not going to be there all the time. Yeah. So, like, for us, it's not really even, like, work. Like, we're out there generally hiking in the woods or walking mm -hmm. around downtown or whatever the thing. And it's – I we usually – I usually carry a walking stick when we're hiking in the woods. So, I just, like, stop and mm -hmm. I dig a little thing with my – a little trench with my walking stick and – we throw some seeds in and the kids have a good time with it. And it's not really like we're spending a ton of time at any one particular spot. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's not, mm. it's not like you're out a bunch of labor. We were kind of out there having fun anyway. It's kind of a fun hobby to do. Um, you can also get like even beyond um, the, the strictly utility uh, uh, reasons for doing this, I guess you can turn this into like kind of, one a fun hobby of if you especially if you like being out sort of in the woods and walking around and stuff doing things you're not supposed to be doing that's always but then there's the also doing the things that you're not supposed to be doing which is fun for me and uh -huh. you can also get pretty creative with like pranks you know like uh, mm. you know if if somewhere to someone were to plant like a bunch of weed in the flower pots in front of the police station. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, or like downtown, the next city over from us, there is a, what is that? The sheriff's thing with the, with the bear cat and the, the, the chain length barbed wire fence. What is that? Oh yeah. Like the, um, impound. Was that an impound? I don't know. There's they had vehicles a, there. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, it's some cop place and they have like a bear cat in there inside of this like uh fenced in barbed wire fence you need to transplant all your blackberries over there <laughs> <laughs> so you know if uh, right above that there is a <clears throat> some railroad tracks like up above so you could in theory hypothetically speaking you could walk along these railroad tracks and plant a bunch of shit inside mm -hmm. this like cop yard to just screw with the cops, whether that's, yeah, a bunch of blackberries, right. Or, mm -hmm. um, a bunch of weed, throw a bunch of weed in there. Who, I mean, who knows? At the very it's, least you're making them work if they decide to pull them out. <laughs> exactly right. So just, uh, you know, it, it can, this can also be like a fun sort of prank too, you know, to kind of screw with cops or politicians or whatever. I don't know. Right. Um, just to, to have fun with it. So it's not just, it's not all seriousness, right? It's like, it's actually fun, you know, I don't know. Also, um, if you follow your, um, your mode of thinking, that's not what I'm trying to say, but when you shop local and steal corporate, yes, steal those seeds from Walmart and plant them out. <laughs> yes, I, I highly recommend stealing seeds from Walmart and then putting them out in the police sta station impound yard mm -hmm. or steal the fruit, you know, might be easy and just throw it, chuck it somewhere, chuck a tomato in the woods. <laughs> yeah. So here's the other thing, right? Like, I agree. You, you throw tomatoes at the cops. <laughs> there you go. There's the move. So you, I mean, you can, um, you can get, you can do what's called grocery gardening too. If you don't want to spend money on seeds, 
and you just get like, uh, especially for shopping organic at the grocery store, you can make plants out of this, either mm-hmm. the seeds or the, uh, the produce that you're getting from the store. So you could just get the do celery that. on a stalk and yep. plant the bottom of it. Yep. Exactly. Right. So you're just, that's a waste stream. It's not costing you anything to do it. Right. You just yeah. get those things started and then go plant them somewhere. And then they just, they'll hopefully take care of themselves. And, um, you know, uh, it's not costing you anything to do it except some time, you know? Mm-hmm. So this to me is probably one of the more important things that we can do going forward as things in society get worse. Right. Uh, Exactly. And with everything just continually getting more and more and more expensive, you know, I think more and more people are going to start, you know, looking for uh, local, alternatives you know i mean we used to get beat up on our price for our eggs at the farmer's market when we were selling five dollars a dozen i know and now like everybody so we had to replace our laying flock and they're about to start laying like any day now and we have like everybody asking us you got eggs yet you got eggs yet you know (laughs) it's just so funny how people's tune changed (laughs) yeah and i don't think that's getting better anytime soon I don't think so either. And, you know, if we can, once upon a time in North America, lots of food was just growing wild, right? Mm -hmm. And we've turned it all into suburbia and manicured lawns and whatever, and we've sort of ruined that ecosystem. Well, and just like all the monocropping and destroying of the soil layer, you know? Yeah, and overhunting and overfishing and whatever else. Mm -hmm. uh, The whole ecosystem's out of balance. Yeah. So in theory, we could get it back to where, not to where it was, but to a point where there's food growing wild again. And that means a healthy ecosystem, but it also means that we have, uh, you know, an abundance of food, especially if things get worse. Well, we can always go pick food in the woods, you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying this is a replacement for growing your own food, but I'm just saying like, uh, more is better than less. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, it'd be supplemental. And also for those who maybe don't have the opportunity to grow their own food, it, there's food growing wild, you know? Yeah. Um, and also it's fun to go pick food in the wood and the woods anyway. So yeah. And if you're hiking, you got all kinds of snacks along the way. Exactly. Right. And so uh, back to the seeds too. And um, like I said, we'll get with dag cause um, you know, seeds, don't last for forever and like i know that my personal stash of seeds you know sometimes i is like oh you know i don't I want to save them you know and not use them and they're like well they're not doing any good saving them you know unless you plant them and just keep saving more but anyway it's easy to end up with a lot of seeds that are older maybe not as viable you know like those seeds would be like perfect to throw out anyway like whether they grow anything or not you know but you know, the, it's a good use for them instead of planting Throwing them all, t- taking the time to plant them properly in your garden, you know, if maybe they're not going to be as viable, you know, so just chuck them low effort and maybe something will happen. But again, so back to agorist acres, you know, I mean, we don't sell 100% of our seeds, but, you know, once they get past a certain point, you know, it's not something that maybe we would necessarily want to sell you know always replenishing the stock and everything so you know we do end up with extra seeds to go to causes like this and i can't really speak for dag so um yeah we'll have to get him on or add a little something at the end and uh, get his opinion on that um, no i just sent, i just send people his way he can figure it out Okay. <laughs> Agar Sakers for all your yeah, seeds. There you go. <laughs> One of my favorite things to plant when we're gorilla gardening, and this kind of goes to the theme of our show, is medicinal herbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, love- especially yeah. because a lot of people might not necessarily know what they are, you know, so it might be left alone more than if somebody's going to recognize a tomato plant growing where it's not supposed to be growing. But then also, I feel like a lot of wildlife would probably leave herbal and medicinal plants alone more so than vegetables. So I wonder if even like 
planting a combination, you know, if there's certain plants that would maybe deter animals, if you are trying to grow it for food, you know, for somebody. Right. Well, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, you could plant some of those deterrent plants alongside it to try to keep mm-hmm. some of the wildlife away. Um, but yeah, like figuring out what grows native to you and trying to increase your access to that or your community's access to that. Like we threw out yarrow seeds and extra St. John's wort this year. Um, so I'm excited to see this spring if any of those start to come up. Awesome. Yeah, I scattered some echinacea seeds. Um, see if they come up. Yeah, that I mean that's a good stash spot for you, and also you know, like you said, not everybody's going to necessarily know that, so um, it'll probably be there. But if it's not, that means somebody who's in the know picked it Mm -hmm. and making use of it anyway. So it's like it's a it's a win either way, you know. Yeah, Um, glad you mentioned that. Um, I didn't necessarily think about that originally. That's a good idea. So a friend of ours uh silas um i I was talking to him and he came up with a good idea that i think would be beneficial like he knows a lot of he's a nomad and he knows a lot of other people who live nomadically um and he's like man i go to a lot of the same places throughout the country um, over and over again, because he he kind of travels around and makes deliveries and stuff. So he's like, man, if you could, I could number one be planting seeds like everywhere, but number two, like I would go back there from time to time. And then his our other friend Shane from the Vanu podcast, he has like he's putting together like a map. Of, I was gonna ask about that. I thought he was. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Yeah, he's putting together a map of like like minded folks so you have like uh access to this like network of people but you can put multiple layers on this map and so silas is like we should put a gorilla gardening layer on that map so people that are traveling around know you know i planted x you know at this spot here so if you're out and about and you're like oh there's fucking blackberries planted there and maybe you go there and you you do a little maintenance or whatever and or pick some or plant some more or whatever and add to it. And you could have this whole like network of gorilla gardeners with like a map to show where these things are. So other people can access them. This is just, just a thought that just popped in my head, but you know, ever heard of geocaching? Oh yeah. I wonder if there'd be some way to like use that same kind of, uh, you know, tracking system to kind of mark where spots are also. You know, it's funny. It's like we're talking about this. This probably already exists as like an app, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> we come up with these ideas and like, oh, this is definitely already a thing. There's hundreds of thousands of people already doing it, you know? Yeah, but maybe not. Maybe we could be the first one. There's actually a few times like I've thought of something that I didn't bother to check and see if it existed or whatever. And, um, then come find out later that it didn't and somebody else did it then like not really an app it was an example like i when i was younger i wanted to design furniture and it was like like forever ago and i drew it out to where you could move the arms separate from like the back and kind of like create your own couch you know and somebody fucking did that now like it's i was like that's my idea <laughs> so I don't know yeah, if you no, have a good, good idea, idea jump cool on idea. it. <laughs> yeah, I don't not sure. I'm not tech savvy enough to do something like that. Same, like, I know, me too. I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, I have cool ideas like that, but I wouldn't have no idea how to execute that. Yeah. But, um or if it's some I mean, like I invention that, ideas and it like I don't know, we probably gotta get a lawyer or something for that, and it's always just deterred me from moving forward with them. <laughs> I know the legal process or whatever. But even just yeah. like making an app, like I have no idea how that is even done. So um I've been reading about coding and it might not be as difficult as people think. It sounds like now you can kind of like there's so much code out there that you can just piece together already written code to kind of make something you know 
Um, yeah, that would be for somebody else. Yeah. More tech savvy. <laughs> I'm just saying it I. might not be hard to find somebody, you know, if it was oh, sort of sure. an idea to help bring it into fruition. I mean, it might just happen that it might be just a similar thing like the geocaching, except it's on my buddy Shane's map. You know, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. a similar idea, but, um, but yeah, no, um, I'm all for this and this is going to be like a focus for me going forward, I think, cause, uh, I think it's probably one of the more important and the more, I mean, people we can get in on it, the more networks of people we can put together to, uh, to do this is, uh, to me, they're, uh, probably the most important thing going forward aside from like actual, just individual food production. Um, something you said earlier, um, residents, I think you said it about, um, you know, making sure you're planting stuff that actually grows in your zone and region, you know, like, um, you know, there's a lot of things that probably won't grow here in Florida cause it's too hot and, you know, vice versa. Um, but I don't know, it might be a good idea to talk to Dag if you almost had like little bags made up like, like here's seeds for zone seven, you know, or zone, whatever you're in and kind of already have a little sit- kit made up, um, so they don't even necessarily have to think be like, oh, what should I plant? You know, it's kind of like a little starter bag and just be like, oh, you want a gorilla garden? Okay, this here's your sample kit, you know. <laughs> Good idea. So I mentioned this to Dag already. I was like, you mm-hmm. should set up some like, you know, a gorilla garden or starter pack seed kit or whatever. And he's like, yeah, it's on my list. I've got a bunch of other shit to do. <laughs> He's like I'm still trying to put together like survival seed banks, you know. He's like, he's like, yeah, I got, yeah. I got too much to fucking do, you know. So like, it, I yeah, we're all too a... busy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I know how it is. More projects. Yeah, yeah. Like I need more um, shit to do. Yeah. Our, uh, our friend uh, from Agora Print um, was messaging me about a deodorant, and I think he's tried to set up a trade before because he has a silk screen printer and he was like i would trade for just about anything it's just collecting dust here and i want to get rid of it and he sent me a picture and it's it's big i was like oh man i already have way too many hobbies going on i have nowhere to put that you know but like i don't know making t-shirts is something like i've considered but i'm trying to be better about not starting too many more new (laughs) projects you know because i mean that's that's not really like a hobby kind of thing. That's like, okay, turn it into a business. Yeah. Kind of need to make that many t-shirts for myself or, you know, <laughs> people. Um, so I have, I have one more question about the gorilla gardening. And I know it's something that like we've struggled with when we're out. It's like alerting people that, so outside of our community, people, people like, Outside of the online community, people that actually live around here, alerting them to the fact that there is a food forest in this specific spot or that we've planted something in this specific area. Like if they don't know Rayo and they don't know uh, the body podcast, like what is something that we could do for that? Well, graffiti. Right. Um, graffiti would be a way to do that. Like I suggested that the last time we were out planting is like, I should just start bringing a can of spray paint and say fucking foods planted here. What about like at like tractor supplies or grocery stores? A lot of times, like maybe smaller, less corporate ones, because they might not care as much, but kind of, you know, people put up, I got rabbits for sale or lost dog or whatever, but if you just kind of put something general and be like gorilla gardening, contact this person to find location or um i don't know uh yeah until you guys like that'd be kind of inviting officer or what? McFeely, might, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> um, you don't want to bring attention i mean i don't even yeah. know what the penalty for this is but if you're worried about that i wouldn't do that to bring attention to yourself but most of the time we plant in a way that would be obvious at least to me i guess i don't know but um you would see these plants growing and i mean hopefully they know what a tomato or pepper bean plant looks like i don't know but i feel like you'd be surprised (laughs) i i know i i always forget that people don't 
aren't me. You know, I don't well, know. especially so. like so many kids, like I know I've like experienced like talking to somebody that they they kids don't know that like you know fruits and vegetables come from the ground. They just think they show up in the grocery store. Right. You know, and they're like shocked when they're like, "Oh, it grows in the dirt." You know, like it might not even make that connection if that's even I'm sure eventually they realize it, you know, but I don't know, I just yeah, I, nothing surprises I, you're, me anymore. <laughs> you're right. You're right. But um, I don't know. Like, it may, maybe not the plant itself, but maybe if they came across a plant with a bunch of green peppers on it, they would know what right. that is, hopefully. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and a lot of the flowers and stuff, they'll just see flowers. But um, in terms of, like, if you're somebody in the area that's, like, actually looking for or could use that food or... Um, that's sort of why we plant near where we know that people camp out, you know? Mm-hmm. And so hopefully, you know, just by sort of chance, like a good chance that when those things are fruiting, um, they'll notice it cause it's right along the path to where they need to go, you know, and mm-hmm. they can just, they can just pick it. Other than that, I, other than that, or like graffiti, like actually writing, there is food planted here <laughs> with an yeah. arrow. Um, I'm not sure how, unless we go with your idea with the iris, with like making a big arrow with the iris yeah. <laughs> bulbs, which is yeah. not a bad idea. But um, I, yeah, you could you could put something up on a bulletin board, but I wouldn't be like, hey, call me if you want to know where. Right. Yeah, but something the, more the vague. illegal things I was doing are, you know. <laughs> or even if there was like an app, just putting the QR code on there or something. You know, because anybody that would be interested would probably look, but anybody who isn't probably wouldn't take the time to see what the QR code means. And you can make those for free, you know, generate That's them. not a bad idea. So, like, have a QR code. You'd be like, hungry? Question <laughs> mark? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, that's not a bad idea, actually. You might have came up with the, the idea is if, so if you had stickers with the QR code that says hungry, yeah. Or something like that, or like want food or whatever. Yeah. And then you hit the. Uh, so we were hang, um, we were handing out soup in downtown uh, around the holidays, and every one of them had a cell phone, like a. Oh phone. yeah, they yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you you could definitely um, put up a QR uh, QR code sticker like near mm-hmm. where they congregate or whatever yeah and w- one of them's gonna hit it eventually and then word travels fast amongst exactly. those folks you know i was just mean? about to say that yeah so if you can have that qr code go to let's say shane's map or whatever the thing mm-hmm. or you had a website or even like i don't know a link to google maps or something you know what i mean yeah. just just have that go to where it shows on a map where all these things are. Um, or even so we, like if we did make little seed kits, include in them maybe instructions on how to set up a QR code for their local area, you know, because then it would be a location specific one, you know, so they're not kind of overwhelmed with maybe maps and information that doesn't necessarily apply to them. That's a good idea too, yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea to have it, you know, very localized to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that, that's another idea. Um, other than um, other than that, I'm not sure. Uh, although we often plant in like flower pots also like that are mm-hmm. like sitting outside of businesses where I know people like that hang out. So chances are they'll notice that sitting right. It, it's it would be very obvious to any although you're right are you maybe i would be surprised how little people know about what a tomato plant looks like i guess but yeah um i don't know other than that i i don't really know other than putting it in the most obvious place you kind of can without it being noticeable to cops i don't know yeah Hmm. another thought that i was just having while while y'all were talking about that was if you know a group in your community that works with those people, the houseless people yeah. or um, people who are, you know, just struggling to find food or whatever, um, like let them know so mm-hmm. they can spread the word for you. So like we've got a coalition for the homeless here and we can work with them 
um, and let them know where we've been planting food or maybe like churches or like food banks or something, you know, where people are already people who already are looking for food. Yeah. Or, I mean, if you wanted to get low tech, you could even like get a bunch of local maps, right. And just Mm -hmm. put X's on the spots where you've planted food and just, yeah, the QR code could just take you to just a even a photograph of that map that you put X's on. Yeah, yeah I'd like that. Yeah, so that'd yep. be then, super easy. Then just put a stack of those at the local, you know, outreach center or whatever, mm-hmm. and then um, that's the that that's the way that uh, the only way I would think that, or one of the few ways I would think that that word can get out there. But once a few of them know about it, they have like a crazy communication network where Mm -hmm. word really travels fast amongst those folks. So like once you get a few people on board, the rest of them will, will learn about it pretty quickly. And like you said in the beginning, you know, if people are that interested in care, they might, you know, tend to the plants for you. (laughs) Yeah. Or you can hand them seeds and be like, Hey dude, if you're out and out plant these, you know, plant these things and where you Mm -hmm. always got a source of food, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So that's great. I'm really excited and uh, excited that you've gotten, you know, a few people to go ahead and get this started. And I mean, I can only see it picking up more from there. Yeah, I think I've had maybe a dozen or so people interested. Um, some of them have been sending pictures and stuff of mm-hmm. videos of stuff they've been doing, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. I hope you're right. It uh, it will likely get bigger as time goes on. Um, but you know, if everyone did a l- little, it wouldn't take um, very much effort to sort of just create like massive amounts of abundance. Um, it takes very little effort on our part, really. Uh, maybe that's because I enjoy doing it, you know, so it doesn't seem like effort to me. But, right. Yeah. Um, but really, it's not. It doesn't take that much to scratch a line in the dirt and throw a few right. seeds in. Right. Exactly. Um, so if everybody just did a little bit, like it, it would drastically decrease our dependency on sort of state supply chains and. Um, drastically increase our abundance of food and the more like people are not you know going hungry and have a sense of abundance rather than scarcity uh the less um the more uh less of a scarcity mindset they have the less likely they're going to be to uh, clamor for state power if that makes sense Mm, right um so if we can create a system of abundance it's much easier to transition to a some post-state society in the future yeah i agree well i don't know if i had any other questions do you have anything to add um i don't think so i I think we covered all of the stuff that i wanted to get into about guerrilla gardening just want to thank dag again um for his initial donation here of seeds Oh, it was fantastic. Um, we've been spreading them around. So if you guys haven't yet and you're looking for seeds, check out agristacres.com. <laughs> and if people wanted to find you, Sec, uh, to get started or with guidance or have any questions, how can they find you? I am at Sec Magora on Twitter, Discord, and Telegram. That's S-E-K-M-C-G-O-R-A. Um, yeah, you can find me there. Do you want to plug anything else? Your, your show or, uh, yeah, you can find Gore, the podcast on anchor and Spotify and the Twitter for the podcast is at Agora underscore pod. And if you're not already listening to them, you should, because you guys are doing a great job bringing people together, super awesome people and putting solutions out there for everybody. So no, you you guys are the best podcast around. Oh, we stop. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we have been picking up a little bit since we started to share on Facebook and uh, what? 
<laughs> our uh, our numbers went down as we keep posting more shows. It's like now we have seven viewers. So oh, if there, yeah. If there are seven of you who are listening to this, thank you. No, for... spreads the average out when you put new. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just put two episodes out last week, and then I looked and it said seven. I was like, well, dang it. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Like I said, I feel like it'll people be are sharing. And, you know, when they find us, they'll have a whole cache of projects that they can do. So, <laughs> yeah, the soap episode got like four listens in the past couple of days. So, uh huh. That's good. It's good. Yeah. Anyways, um, did you want to say something else? No. Oh, okay. If you guys want to find me, I'm on Twitter at Mother of Chaos, X A O S. And I am at E underscore agorist on Twitter. And you can follow the show at Let's Make Some SHH. And I just want to thank Sec again for coming on. And we'll see you all next week. Keep making shit. <laughs> <laughs>